third grade to children in worship. You can go through that door right there, and then at the conclusion of the service, the, you'll, the children will come back, we promise, and uh, be, be delivered. Of course, if you pay a certain amount, maybe they, they won't. Somebody else will take them but, uh, for the day, but um, they'll, they'll come back. Um, well, one of my heroes growing up was Big Al Topazzi. Big Al, uh, he, he ran the cafeteria at the, the Birmingham News, which is where my dad worked. And so um, I, when I would go to work with dad, I'd go, he'd sometimes, you know, he didn't want a little boy um, uh, fiddling around in his uh, office. And so he'd drop me off at the cafeteria, which is a cool place. They had hamburgers and candy bars and, uh, and Big Al. And, and, and Big Al was, he was a, a jolly, wonderful man and, um, who would in, invite me and, and love on me and care for me. And he would let me sit in his lap um, as uh, uh, he worked the cash register there. And at times he would let me um, put the quarters and nickels and dimes and pennies where they needed to go. Put all the coin. He never let me play with the paper stuff, just with the coins. And um, and then I started to grow up, and as I grew up, I couldn't sit in his lap anymore. It sort of wasn't cool for me, and I was just too big. Um, but I still got to go hang out with Big Al. And as I grew older, I learned that, that Big Al didn't just run the cafeteria there at the, the, the Birmingham News, but he also ran the food service at the press box at the University of Alabama. It was Denny Stadium at the time, and uh, um, uh, not Bryant Denny. I heard those haters that are out there. You know, that's, it's all right. Um, and uh, and so as I got to realize that Big Al started to do that, I, he was and he started to tell me, you know, when you're old enough, I'm going to bring you up there with me. And but you got to be 16. That was the rules at the time. And when I turned 16, that fall, he came and said, I, I want you to schedule to come to this game. I want you to bring a friend with you. And so Brad Spencer and I got some all-access pass to the press box at Denny Stadium at the University of Alabama football game with, and people ask me this, yes, Bear Bryant was the coach at that time. So Brad and I get to the stadium. We're wearing our pass. Man, we are full of ourselves. And we go up to the elevator, show them the pass. They welcome us right in. We head up. And then the, the, we go up. The, and, of course, we're looking at each other, you know, trying to keep our cool. And then the doors open. I think the angels sang. We stepped out, and we were in the press box there, walking down the hallway of the press box. We saw that's where the coaches were, and some of the coaches were like old players that we knew, you know, that, that were famous and All-Americans. Oh, yeah, that's Leroy Cook. He was the best defensive end college football has ever seen. And, and he, he was the coach there. We walked by them. Then we walked by where the broadcasters were, the TV broadcasters. And some of you won't know this name, but it's like Keith Jackson. 
is in there. And, and he was the commentator of the day. His signature line was, Oh, Nelly. If ever you see old highlights, that was key. Some of you that, uh, who have uh, of my vintage are nodding your heads. Um, but so we, and so we walked by there, and we were just, you know, we'd hit each other. Man, this is so cool. Can you believe he's in there? You know, we were just in awe. And then we walked up to the second floor, and there was the food line. And, and, and Big Al said, just go in there, eat, drink, whatever you want. And it, this is at a football game, and this is in the you know, late 70s. So this is a, really, it's a bunch of men. Of course, you could even smoke then in the press box. So you can imagine the food that was there. You know, there, there was all the greasy stuff you could ever imagine. You know, from pepperoni. There wasn't a vegetable to be seen. Where's Sam Rousey? Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, it was French fries and barbecue and hamburgers and hot dogs and fried chicken, macaroni and cheese, and then dessert on top of dessert. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then at the end, though, this was, for a 16-year-old, this was the dream, because then there was a soda fountain right there. That we could go up and do whatever we wanted to get a glass and some ice. And so we're like, this is great. You know, we're going to have Sprite right now. Then at the end of the first quarter, we're going to have Coke. And then at the end of the second quarter, we're going to have Dr. Pepper. And then at the end of the third quarter, we're going to have Mountain Dew. And at the end of the day, we're going to do a suicide. That's where you get a little bit of everything, right? I mean, so we were just in 16-year-old heaven in awe and wonder, sometimes just silent, sometimes just in praise for what we're enjoying. And then, that the, uh, this was, and the game hadn't even started. Yeah, and so when the game starts, it said, well, now you can go on the roof. You can go to the roof of the press box. That's where the cameras were and, and stuff like that. And you can watch the game from the roof. And, and so we're, we go up there and sit there and watch the, the rest of the football game from the roof of the press box. Now, while, while we were there, a couple times, people would see us say, you know, you don't look like a sports writer, you don't look like a coach, but you got the pass. They're like, so how'd you get the pass? We're like, Big Al. We know Big Al. Oh, okay. Well, then come on in. Now, all of you have your own passes, don't you? As we thought about Lent, what, what, is, what is this season that, that points to the cross? Don't worry, I'll get there. I'll, I'll put it together. Um, that we thought about how, how, how does, how does this, this season that's preparing us for the cross, what does this mean? What is accomplished by the cross that we really want to focus on? Well, this is it. We have all access to the Father. We have all access to the throne room of God. That's why on the, on the back uh, of it, you'll see the passage at the, the bottom that says, you know, that we approach God now. We approach the throne room. We enter the throne room boldly. You know, we, we come in not, not because, you know, I, we could be bold. We could be proud, 16-year-olds in the press box, because we know Big Al, and Big Al got us the past. Well, now we, what we know is that we know Jesus and that He has died for us. He has raised um, to, to conquer death and sin and guilt and shame. And because of Him, we, we can walk straight up and down. We, we can put our, our, our shoulders back and keep our, our head up high. Not because of what we've done or what we've accomplished or anything about us, but because of what Jesus has accomplished. 
And, and so over the course of the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at what does this mean? We have all access. Well, how do we then, uh, what does this mean for us to walk with God, that we can live with God? I mean, Jesus said I, I, that, that this is in his closing prayer. He, he's praying to God, said, God, um, I, I've done what you have given me to, to do. You gave me authority to give eternal life to all those that you gave me. And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and they know Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Not that we know about Him, that we can speak about Him, but that we know Him face to face in an intimate relation in a real living relationship and and what is that conversation that relationship that interaction with god that, that's what we call prayer prayer is not some fancy thing about got to say certain words at certain times it is about conversation it is about presence with the almighty god that we have whether we know it or not whether we realize it or not whether we recognize it or not it is what jesus has accomplished for us and what is real that we are living and walking with god today because we have all access and, and today what, what the one, one thing that it does one thing that this access then gives us, it frees us, it leads us to praise God, to glorify God, to be in awe and marvel at who God is, His character, and what He has done. Just like two 16-year-old boys in the press box for the first time. Oh, wow. Can you see that line of food? You see who those coaches are. And that, how much more so, brothers and sisters, if we are living every day in the presence of God, in the presence of His creation, in the wonder of salvation that gives us this all-access pass. We don't just praise when we gather here. We're to be people of praise. Wherever we go, celebrating Jesus, no matter the circumstances, Right? wherever we live, wherever we work, wherever we play, because we have all access, we are people of praise. God bless you. You're welcome. All right, our passage is in Zephaniah chapter 3, starting with verse 14. It really captures this sense of what, is it, what does it mean to be people of praise? What is, what is this... Um, what are we talking about when we talking about giving God praise and honor? We'll, we'll work through that. It's on 767 in your pew Bible, or you can follow along on the screen, or whatever device you have your, um, your Bible on. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Almighty God, we, we need you to, to speak to us, to, to help us, to um, continue to um, soften our hearts, to uh, open our eyes, our minds, to, to hear from you, open our souls, to, so that you will um, truly fill us and your, your spirit to, to, to just take us to the next step that you have for us, to be people of praise. Help us to, to learn and, and grow and experience you now, that, that you are teaching us. You are the great teacher. Your spirit is speaking to us what we need as a people and what we need individually. Give us ears to hear and a soul to receive from you. Jesus, we pray. Amen.
All right, um, Zephaniah chapter 3, starting with verse 14. Now, the whole Zephaniah is one of these little minor prophets. It's only three um, chapters. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, this, is, this is a good one to know that if you have to go read a book in the Bible, Zephaniah 3 is a good one. You, know, you can get it done in 15 minutes. Um, but the first two and a half chapters, man, it's bad news. I mean, it's Zephaniah bringing the judgment of God on Jerusalem, on Judah, on Israel, on the nations of the world. And he, he's, as a loving father does, he's bringing discipline upon his creation, saying, no, this is wrong, this is bad, don't do this, and bringing judgment to correct them. But then at the end, as, as God always does, he then brings, he uses correction, he uses discipline to correct us and to bring us back to him, to call us back to him. To, to redeem us, to forgive us, to, to renew our relationship with Him. And so that's where we um, pick it up then in verse 14. Sing aloud, O daughter Zion, shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has turned away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst you shall fear disaster no more. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who gives victory. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in His love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. I will remove disaster from you so that you will not bear reproach for it. I will deal with all your oppressors at that time and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time, I will bring you home. At the time when I gather you, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, now that, this is a good one to say thanks be to God. <laughs> yeah, there are other pass- earlier passages in Zephaniah where you'd be saying, oh, thanks be to God. <laughs> Uh, this is one where we can say thanks be to God thanks that this is the truth that that, that God is one who is slow to anger and quick to forgive and that He always ends in redemption for those who are His and that's why Zephaniah is calling the people to, to praise Him, to sing and to shout and to rejoice and to dance, to have a party, to have a festival before Him. This is part of, of praising God. And it's throughout the Scriptures. We'll see it throughout the Psalms. We'll see it over and over again. You know, when we're clapping our hands, we're doing what the psalmist has told us to do. When we're shouting out, we're doing what God has told us to do. When we're, we're singing loud, even when we're dancing, even when we're um, in, before God, we're, we're doing what God has called us to do. And so there will be times when we worship that, that folks will. They'll start dancing. They'll start singing. Now, that may not be your thing. What's well, all right. We'll get there. We'll get to your thing. But it's not, but it's okay. You know, for some folks, especially in, in our heritage, Presbyterians, you know, that, that, 
that's not something we even talk. I'm not sure if dance and uh, prayer and uh, is, is even said in a worship service uh, for a while. There, I don't know that that was legal in our history uh, a while back. But it, it, it is a way of worshiping and rejoicing with exuberance and energy and using your, your whole body to praise Him. I mean, because your whole body belongs to God. So it's okay to use your whole body to praise Him. And, and, and so, but, but it's good to tell folks, especially those that are visitors and stuff, you know, it's like, you know, don't be weirded out um, by that. But, but join, join with them in the sense of saying, aren't they having a good time before the Lord? That's great for them. Beautiful. And, and even, Pastor Dennis and I were talking about it, um, uh, even vicariously saying, you know, I think I might tap my toe with them, you know. Okay, I can join with them, but that's it for me. You know, and what's really, really cool is that there are two words Hebrew-wise that are used regularly in the Psalms to talk about praise. Um, one, we talked about last week, um, for those that were, were here, called um, Hallel. Halal is the Hebrew, Halal. And, and halal means he praises. And I said last week, you know, you want to say, well, let's praise. Then it's hallelu. Yeah, the oo at the end. And then if you want to say, let's praise God, well, Yahweh, it's hallelujah, which is hallelujah, which is not an English word. It's just a total translation from the Hebrew. But it is God's brilliance to give us that one word that we say today that we sing unto God, that we say unto God, that King David said thousands of years ago, that Jesus said even on the cross, hallelujah, praising unto God, and that people, Christians around the world, all know what that word means. It doesn't matter where you go. Hallelujah is the universal language of praise unto God. As a, and it's a, a powerful symbol and reality of, of the unity of God's church in praise before Him. All right, but that's Hallel. Now, Hallel also means to shine or to brag. You know, I mean, and, and so it's a very active word. It means you shine on, on God. You know, and so when fo- some folks, when they're Hallel, as, as they praise God, it is a, a full body. Hallelujah! Praise in the Lord! Man, we are so excited! Like when, when we're on the roof, you know, and Alabama scored a touchdown. You know, we weren't... No golf claps there. You know, we were jumping up and down. Way to go. Hey, high fives and all the rest. That was my 12-inch vertical right there. I just wish it was... 40. But that, that, that's, that, that's not my natural language. You might see that, you know. But for others, not, not now, Alan, not now. But for others, it is. And, and it is the way that you see throughout the scriptures of, of clapping and shouting and dancing before the Lord. Now, the other is Barach. Now, Barak, you'll, you'll see Barak uh, like in Psalm 103 when you say, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Or when we sing, Bless the Lord, O my soul. That's from Barak. Now, Hallel means to shine, to brag. Barak actually means, or it's the same derivative of knee or to kneel. We, we translate it praise or bless um, most often, but its root is from knee or kneel. So, so for Barak... That, that's when the 
doors open to the press box and you turned and saw and you were just silent in awe. It's the praise of silence because it's so magnificent and so wonderful. There is no word you can say. It's not, Barak is not the one that starts to dance, but it's the one that falls to your knees and on your face and you're in awe. And there just is no place to run or hide or go in the glory and beauty of the Lord. From the knee to the shining forth in jumping praise. All, all has been created by God. And therefore, all is best, best used in praise of our Creator. There's a whole lot of other secondary uses for falling on your face or jumping up and down. But they were created first and foremost to praise. Now, for some... When, when folks, folks are more halal, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you get weirded out. Like, what are they, what are they, what are they doing? Are they, 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 they're out of touch with what's going on. Or, or they're, they're really lost in themselves. No, they're, they're lost in Jesus. And, and when someone is sitting quietly, yeah, and they're, they're just there in their presence. That's no protest. They're not checked out. In the depth of their soul, they're in awe of the beauty and wonder of God. And God, in His very character and nature, is such that He can receive praise of all of those types. From the knee to the jump. Now, what we, we see um, here and we see throughout the Scripture that you know, we, we therefore are, are people of praise. And, and we, we, the, the, the reason for praise, is particularly in Zephaniah, is, that it is because of their salvation. You know, that if we are in Jesus Christ, then, then no matter what the circumstances, we are secure in Him. No, no matter what evil, no matter what injustice, no matter what oppression, no matter what pain, anxiety fills our heart, in Jesus Christ, the reality is, the truth is, that in Him we are secure with God for all eternity. We have all access. And so we can praise because God has saved us from our own sin and from the sin of the world and has promised us to be with Him now and forever. And, so, and you see it throughout the, the, the psalm, that bless the Lord, O my soul. He is slow to anger and quick to forgive and filled with mercy and steadfast love. And that is His character. And it doesn't change. Even in my own sin, even in my own brokenness, even in my own apathy, even in my own hatred or selfishness. I can praise Him because His character has been demonstrated on the cross that, that He took on my sin, bled for me so that I could have Him and all access to the Father.
And if that's not enough, then he's given hints. He's given peaks. He's given demonstrations of his beauty and power and glory and wonder all around us. You remember there's a story in the Old Testament about Moses and God appeared to him in a, in a burning bush. You know, that, that story, that, well, they're, they're, if you don't remember there, believe me, that's one of them. And God showed up to him in a burning bush. Well, you know, all the bushes are burning at all times. They're all shining forth the glory of God. All of creation shines forth the glory of God. I mean, the psalm, the psalmist captures that over and over and over again. O Lord, O Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This just hit me. Just just looking, thinking about our own bodies, how absolutely marvelously they're, they're made. I, I was preparing for this um, sermon, and as I did, you know, I uh, had a tender spot on my finger. Oh, it was this finger, my pointer finger, right hand. It's almost gone now. But I, I hit it as I was preparing for this, and then I'm like, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I cut my finger right there just a couple weeks ago. I went to grab something, you know, and had a sharp edge on it and went and pulled it up and, Ah, you know, I pulled out, started bleeding, you know, like, oh, that hurt. No, but as I was thinking about it, that, that now it's, it's all, you wouldn't notice it. it, it it's healed. And, and I'm like, you know, think about God's brilliance just in that, just in that little thing that, that he, that one, when we are cut, we bleed out. You know, that because that, that pushes whatever impurity, whatever thing might be, it pushes it out instead of sucking it in. I'm like, Oh, yeah, that's brilliant right there. And then I didn't do anything. You know, I never thought about it again. And now it's almost as if that cut never happened. You know, how how brilliant and magnificent is God. And that that is what we can marvel over about God. So so that we're people of praise in in Jesus and God's character of love and mercy and beauty. And we're people of praise in all that we see around us is a demonstration of His creative genius. But I want you to look with me then at verse 17. Or in the middle of verse 17. So what's happened is that God has rescued the people. They've come back from their their disasters. And and then what God is doing is He's throwing a party. The Lord your God, verse 17, is in your midst. A warrior who gives victory. Now get this. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in His love. He will exult over you with loud singing as on a day of festival. Praise is not something we have to conjure up. We don't initiate praise. God has already initiated it. He's the one singing. And He's singing over you and me. That leads me to Barak for a moment. And my knees get weak when I consider my heavenly Father singing over me, singing over you. You know, after we went through the press box, I'm not sure who was more excited, us or Big Al. Because he called us in. He said, so how was it? And man, Brad, now we must have talked for 15 minutes. And for any parent of a high school teenager, boy, you know that's a long time. 
for a 15-year-old boy to talk and just say, we did this and we saw Keith Jackson and I drank this, this, and this. Oh, it was the best. Great. And he would just exalted over our joy. When we sing, we're not starting any song. We're just joining in God's song. Because He is praising over us, over His work in us and who He has created us to be and how He has saved us. I mean, if it weren't here, I just have a hard time believing it. This is how God is, that He throws a party. He rejoices over you with gladness. He exalts over you with singing, with loud singing at that. (laughs) When we praise, we are joining into His song. All right, but the, the last thing, you know, when we... When we left the, uh, the the press box and and we left the game, you know, the game eventually it ended, you know, and, and they, they we won. But then, um, you know, it wasn't very long before well, you got to start preparing for the next game, you know. And, and actually, it wasn't very long either before Brad and I were like, oh, I shouldn't have had that sixth one. I shouldn't have had the sixth hot dog, and I probably should have stopped at three cokes. You know, they're all called cokes by there, but you know, even though they're different kind, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we 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 were um, paying the price uh, for that, you know. And and some of the the initial joy had, had had ended. And you know the thing is that that's the case in any situation when we find our sustenance, when we find our praise, when we find our joy ultimately in anything else but God. It was uh, Augustine who said a long, long time ago, our, our souls will always be restless until they find their soul, their rest in God. And I ran across this, this quote from uh, Douglas Steer. In the school of adoration, the soul learns why the approach to every other goal has left it restless. Everything else that we pursue, every other goal that we might uh, uh, seek to achieve, ultimately leaves us restless. You know, we're in basketball, March Madness. You know, in a couple weeks, there's going to be a national champion in in basketball. And you know what is going to happen? And it's going to be a wonderful joy, wonderful celebration. Confetti will fly, T-shirts, and it'll last for a little bit. But then, you know what, real soon, all right, what about next season? The only goal that our soul truly finds rest is in adoring our Creator. Verse 20. At that time, I will bring you home. At that time when I gather you. There is no home but in God. There is no ultimate place to find rest but in praise of our Almighty God. We never, we will run out before we run out of reason to praise God. You know, there are times that I've got to sit down when we're singing just because I'm tired. You know, physically, my body runs out. I've I got to stop because there's just not the energy in me anymore uh, to do it. But it's not because there's not reason to praise. 
There's, there's, we will never plumb the depths of God in praise, in, in creative praise, in authentic praise, in initial praise. All of our praise is always initial because we never, we never become anything more than beginners in prayer and praise because God is unfathomable and He is the only one in which we find our home. We have all access to the creator of the universe. Let us spend all of our moments in praise of Him. Amen. To celebrate, indeed,